Do you have an unexpected story to tell or know someone who does? We'd love to have you on the pod. Please apply at please don't tell anyone pod at gmail.com or follow our application link in bio of our Instagram, please don't tell anyone pod or TikTok account. Um, and the cops just bust in the house and basically not drag my mom out in handcuffs, but take her out. And she's just telling my little brother, like, it's okay, it's okay. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go and blind to all my interviews so that I can hear the story firsthand, just like you. Don't tell anyone, I said, please don't tell anyone. Don't tell I said, please don't tell anyone. Please don't tell anyone. Don't tell I said, please don't tell anyone. I said, please don't tell anyone. When I was 19, my mom was sent to prison for being the town drug dealer. The most interesting part of this being that my hometown is microscopic small. I graduated with a class of seven, whole high school, 25 kids. Everyone knows everything. Navigating this my whole life has been quite a roller coaster ride. I would love to discuss. Big fan. So you're going to go by Jay right now because we're not sure if you're going to be anonymous mm-hmm. or not. So Jay, where are you right now? What state? So I live in uh, Oregon, Portland, Oregon. And is that yeah. where you grew up? No. So I grew up in Washington. It's not very far from here, actually. It's only about like an hour and a half, two hours or so. Um, kind of like right on the border between Washington and Oregon. Yeah. And that's where this story takes place, I guess. Yeah. So I've lived there my entire life, basically. Um, it's kind of weird to think of a town these days that doesn't have cell phone service or um, a stoplight in the town or, you know, or a grocery, a real grocery store. But that's kind of the reality I grew up in, um, which was just crazy once you get out of it to see how uh, small it actually was, you know, like once you're not living there anymore. Yeah. Did you realize, because like when I did my the Mormon guy interview, which was so interesting, like yeah. I had the question for him of like, when did you realize that that wasn't how everyone lived? Like when did you realize you were in a small town and that this wasn't all of America lived like that? Um, I think I was actually pretty young because I was born in uh, California. And so I had family there that I would visit, I mean, every year since I was little. Uh, my grandmother lived in California. And so, I, you know, I would be there once a year and I they would talk about the schools that they grew up going to or my parents would speak about their schools and their towns that they grew up because they were very much city people uh, their entire lives. And um, so I knew that there were very different circumstances for other kids, uh, and that's how they grew up. But I just never experienced going to like a big school or living in a, in a city. How far <laughs> is this town from anything major? Like, how long did it take you to get to the airport? The airport. Um, so Portland would be the closest airport, and that's about two hours. Oh wow! So they have like yeah, and um, so even like grocery stores. There's like little stores. There's one little uh, market. And it's like basically like a gas station. And then there's like actual gas station. And then there's like my family's bar, weirdly enough. Uh, so my, in my, um, yeah, so my family owned a bar there. Um, but like a real grocery store is about 55 minutes away. 45 if you drive like the regulars. So tell us about growing up. What's your, what was your family layout? What was your house like? Yeah. Just paint a picture. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like, the whole town itself is maybe a mile long, I'd say. It's so it's very walkable, very small, um, obviously. And 
So I had my aunt and uncle who, well, my great aunt and uncle, they ran the bar basically. Um, and then they had a house, like, we called it suburbia. It's like, you know, a, it's not really a real suburbia, obviously. So they lived out there. And then I, my, my parents uh, lived in town in a few different houses growing up. Um, and I was an only child until I was about seven. And then my little sister was born. Um, and then when I was 14, my brother was born. So we're all very spread out in age, about seven years, actually, yeah. which is weird. But um, so, yeah, we lived in, you know, some, some houses up what we call Slob Hill. Mm. And then there's Snob Hill. <laughs> it's so funny because they had like the nicer houses where like all the teachers in the town would live, right? Because they had like the most income, I would say, in the house, in the town. So they had the nicer houses. And then Slob Hill is like kind of right next to it. And it's just kind of like, I mean, it's very, uh, it's not great, honestly. Um, was, was that a name that you guys coined or was it like known throughout the town? Oh, the town. The town. Oh, so yeah. everyone called it Slob Hill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and Snob Hill. And like some of the teachers, they, they wouldn't like that we would refer to that their, their part of town as Snob Hill. Like it was kind of like a, <laughs> they thought it was rude. Um, and then there's just like, you know, like the main downtown basically, um, and so we lived in a couple different houses there. Some of them were just, you know, pretty gross growing up just because they weren't well maintained. Um, and then my parents finally, and, oh, and then we lived with my, my aunt and uncle for a while because my parents uh, almost got custody taken away from us after my sister was born. Um, and in order for CPS not to take us, basically, my aunt and uncle uh, took us in and we all lived together in this house. And there's like a ton of us, um, very full house. And then once my aunt started kind of having some more issues with her alcoholism, it was getting like very out of hand. My parents decided that they were done living there because things just kept hitting the fan. It was just mm-hmm. not a good living environment. And so they bought their own house in town on Third um, Street, which is, you know, there's like three major streets or four, maybe four streets. And so, yeah, we bought a house down there when I was about maybe 12, I would say. Are your parents still married? No. So they got divorced when I was, I would say, 14 or 15. So, like, not shortly after my brother was born. Um, But they had broken up a good time, like, actually broken up a few times throughout my childhood, I would say. The most serious being when I was in middle school. My mom, oh, I didn't specify, but my mom was an addict, uh, a meth addict. And she had been been since she was uh, 16, basically. Wow. Off and on. Yeah, so very young. And that really just took a toll on their relationship. My dad had a lot of anger issues and uh, they would just, they had a very, both had very toxic upbringings. And so their marriage and them being together was never like a very stable relationship. Um, So eventually when I was a teenager, they finally called it quits for good, which I was very relieved for because it was not fun to grow up in in the house with them together. (laughs) So, yeah. So your submission talks heavily about your mom. And the fact that mm-hmm. she was known as the town drug dealer and that the community yeah. was so small. So I'll just kind of let you take it from here explaining how did you yeah. learn your mom was a drug dealer? How did that function in the town? So she wasn't always, obviously. Um, so my parents were together for a long time and uh, she was always like off and on of drugs, mostly on my entire life. And then when my parents split up for good, my, my mom got an apartment of her own in the town. And that is when things really went downhill for her, if I'm being honest, um, without my dad kind of there to control things as much as he could. Obviously, that wasn't a lot um, because you can't make somebody stop using. How old were you when this happened? 14 or maybe 15. It was in between 14 and 15. Were you living with her or your aunt at the time? Uh, So we had moved into the town and had a house for a while uh, that he bought. My dad bought a house. Uh, We'd all lived there together for a while. So maybe 
I want to say like 12 was when we moved into that house from my, my parent, my aunts. So we lived with my, just my parents in that house that they bought for, I think a couple years, maybe three years max. And then things just really could, they just were terrible. Um, and so they split up. My mom got an apartment. I was probably between 14 and 15. And after that, it just, I mean, it, it was, it got so bad from, it was just a steady decline, um, of living circumstances. When you say bad because of the meth? Yeah. So my mom didn't have easy access to money anymore. My dad gave her, paid her rent and gave her maybe, you know, a little bit of money on the side, but it was not much. It's cause he, I mean, he's not rich. Um, and that was like what he had to pay for child support. So yeah, once we moved in that apartment, my mom didn't have a lot of money. So what she was doing in order to maintain her drug habit was selling drugs. And she only started selling drugs because of the fact that she was, you know, poor and already had an addiction, but mostly like the main motivator was this guy she started dating, mm. um, who was just, and to this day, the, probably the person I fucking hate most in the world. Uh, he just was, I mean, to paint the picture, has like four kids of his own, doesn't take care of any of them. One of them that he like impregnated this very young girl in the town when he was, you know, in his twenties and had two kids with her. And like, like I said, just takes and takes and takes from women and, uh, just is a low life. So he kind of gave her the idea to start selling drugs. And then all of a sudden this man moves into the apartment with us. And like, you know, it's just tweaker activities from there on out. I mean, just collections of tools and bikes and, and just really takes over. And my mom just all of a sudden is not paying attention to us. Like, you know, like, like she used to. And she gets very defensive if I say anything about not liking this man. And Did you um, know this man before they started dating? Like since the town's so I small? I knew of him. Okay. It was a joke. It was a joke. To me, that she would ever date this man. I mean, he. What was his reputation? Disgusting. I mean, he was a tweaker, a known tweaker. He's. I mean, I just couldn't believe my mom would be interested in somebody like him. I mean, he's not cute. He's, he's got like a furrowed caveman brow. He's missing a tooth. This is gonna sound really ignorant. What's a tweaker? I just don't know. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. A tweaker oh, is like okay. a slang for somebody who uses okay. drugs in the no, West. I'm glad Coast. you clarified. I, mean, I just. Yeah, tweaker is like a. A heavy drug user. Okay. But sorry, I guess not everybody knows that's sl- that slang. <laughs> no, I'm glad you explained it because um, I'm just ignorant to it. My other question, if you wouldn't mind explaining for my ignorance of meth, is what does mm-hmm. when someone – I know what alcoholism looks like when someone's drunk or, drunk or you know, high on marijuana or cocaine, but what does a meth addiction look like, if you wouldn't mind just kind of painting that so we can understand as a kid what that would have been like? It's sad is what it is. It, it looks awful. I mean, eventually your teeth rot out of your head. You oh, don't wow. sleep. Uh, I mean, it got to the point where my mom would be having a conversation with us in the middle of the day and she'd just fall asleep. Because you don't really sleep, your brain is just going constantly. You're up all night, you don't sleep, and then all of a sudden you just like nod off in the middle of a conversation, kind of like you're on heroin or something. It's so weird, you know? Uh, but you just go, 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 go until, I mean, people, I mean, you should see some of the people that I refer to as like tweakers, the, the, the weird things that they do. I mean, they take things apart, they steal things and like take apart like a, you know, like a CD player or like a TV, and then like they're going to put it back together. And they never put it back together. I mean, just, it just does weird things to your mind. I must have been so confusing and painful as a kid. Yeah, I mean, I always knew that my mom, I mean, I was the oldest person. I mean, I was the oldest kid, I mean, and I was the one raising my siblings along with my parents when, you know, and uh, so I knew my mom had a drug problem when I was young. But like I said, it was really hard to differentiate, like, if my mom was high or not, because I, now as an adult, I realized that she was just pretty much always high. Like, that sounds bad, and 
Um, there were definitely periods of time when she wasn't using, but I just came to know that the way my mom was is just, it was weird to see her sober in a way. Like it was just so normal of her being on drugs for me. Yeah. So she starts dating this guy. We'll call him the tweaker mm-hmm. because now I like mm-hmm. that term for him. <laughs> um, she starts dating the tweaker and you're living in this apartment. When you say they, they keep, you were saying like they buy bicycles or they're bringing in bicycles. Is that kind of what you were referring to as like the addiction of things? Yeah. Like, uh, that's the thing. So, I mean, one of the things that comes along with selling drugs is that, uh, when people don't got money, they're trading weird shit with you, like, uh, guns or tools or things that they've stolen, I guess, or, you know, sh- clothes or, I mean, it could be anything like you're, you're, they're trading their lives away. It's very sad to be honest with you. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, he was all of a sudden, he's like bringing all this weird sh- shit in the house. Did he introduce her to meth or she had been an addict? Oh, she had she had already been an addict my entire life. Yeah, and so. wh- where did they get the meth or were they making it if they were selling it? They weren't making it. Um, they would Portland, they would okay. drive the two hours to Portland, buy in bulk and then come back. So she starts being the prominent dealer in your town, what does that look like? Yes. So it's it looks like fucking tweakers coming into your house at all hours of the day, like invading your space and just never leaving. Like there's always people in and out, all these people coming in and out and uh, just people I don't like. You know, I've grown up in a small town and I know everything, just like they know everything about me, I know everything about them. And I mean, they're not people I want around, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it doesn't matter what time of day it is, someone's at your house sitting on the couch waiting or just around my siblings that I don't want them around. And, and I just know that like, if my dad hears that this person's over at our apartment, it's just going to be World War Three. Well, that's what I was going to say. Where is your dad? I mean, he doesn't have control for a lot of this, you know, like it's so hard to explain the dynamic of all of this. It's like, you know, we knew that my mom shouldn't, uh, especially towards the end of had custody anymore. Like everybody in the situation knew this, but it's like, heartbreaking to take away some of these kids from them you know and I was there so it's not like anything like really terrible ever happened to the kids um because of these people because I was always there like and nobody they didn't the tweakers did not like me I mean they were very respectful to me but they were feared me to be honest with you like um they were always very polite to me and like um you know and, and every once in a while you get like a ballsy one that would just come in and like look in the fridge they just walk in the house and just like open the fridge and I'm just like what the are you doing excuse me do you live here like get out you know it's just the nerve of people honestly but yeah I mean he he was angry my dad was angry you know because he felt like he had no control and I mean he doesn't really have control of who my mom has around or is you know what she's doing and nobody wanted to take custody away from her because I mean throughout all this she was still a mom it was just very muddled yeah so you're around 12 estimating at this time uh, at the apartment, I was 14. 14, sorry. So your sister's yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. And your brother has just been born? He was probably about one years old, yeah, I would say. And the brother is with your father? It's your father's son? Oh, yes. All the, we all have the same exact okay. same parents. Yep. So she has this kid. She leaves, goes to the apartment, starts dating this other guy with, and while she has a one-year-old, essentially. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so weird. My first thought goes to like, well, what are the police doing? This is, like, such an ignorant thought, but, like, you're in this small town. Are the police mm-hmm. just all over this or or no? Is it? 
So when she first started dealing and she was in that apartment, it wasn't like a high profile. Like people really knew at first, you know, like they knew that there was definitely some tweaker activity going on over there. Like the landlord and the neighbors, they are all, everyone's in the business because everybody's in your business all the time, you know, your whole life. Um, So they definitely start to assume that that's what's going on. Um, But, you know, it's funny enough, there's no police station in our town at all. The closest police station is 45 minutes away. No way. Yes. There's, there's no, when there's a cop in this town I grew up in, it's weird. You definitely notice, you know? Oh my God. I don't know why when I think of like small town America, I think of like police being a huge part of small town America. I'm sure that that's probably the case in most places. Um, but there was not a designated police station in our, in our town. And like I said, yes, yeah, so 45 minutes away. If you have a heart attack, you're probably going to die out there. There's, yeah, I mean, there's nothing there. Wow. Okay, (laughs) now I'm really picturing it all. That even more so shows me that you were put in this massive protector slash survival mode so early on. Because here I was thinking like, oh, well, the police probably show up at any point. But no, it's like you actually had no protecting. Yeah, we never got the cops called. My mom never got the cops called on her, I don't think, until... Until she got her house busted into. I mean, yeah, we'll that get to was the cops being called. <laughs> yeah. What are your teachers? Are, do, is anyone looking out for you? Um, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I have a family friend of mine that uh, I grew up with a girl and her mother really loved me a lot. And so she would look out for me in, in ways. Um, but to be quite honest with you, um, no, I don't think so. Like the, there's only so much they can do. Um, so no, it's not like I had anybody who was actively checking in on me about how I was and, you know, I mean, what, what can they do? I don't know. So no, I guess, and that, so I guess that question kind of makes me sad, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's okay, yeah. How does your mom go from this place to a place of sobriety? Um, not by, without extreme intervention. I mean, she was never probably going to stop doing what she was doing unless she had gotten sentenced to prison, which is so sad. And I think about, you know, like when you're in these situations, you think about like, what if I could have said something to, you know, snap her back into reality? Or, you know, what if um, she knew that she was going to get busted? Would she, but it's like, it needed to happen. Can you tell us the story of the busting leading up to that and everything? Yeah. So, um, so my mom gets kicked out of that apartment. This is over a span of a few years, right? So from when, basically that apartment, I'm a freshman in high school. Um, she didn't get busted until I was 19, so I'd, I'd been graduated for a year. I move out of that apartment before she gets kicked out of it because I couldn't, I was angry because I didn't like that he was there, the tweaker that guy was there. And um, it was just really affecting my relationship with her um, because it was just not okay. The things I felt like were happening and I hated him. And so we butt, we butted heads so badly that we almost fought like physically. And, um, eventually my dad's like, you can just move in with me. And that, that was fine for a while. Um, and then we, me and my dad didn't get along very much either. So when I was like 17, I was living on my own. Um, but anyway, so she gets kicked out of that apartment. She moves into like a trailer, like a, not like a, with hookups, like a freaking trailer on somebody's property, live in it real rough for a long time until she eventually gets kicked out of there and a tweaker friend of hers offers his literal crack shack. Okay, this thing is like the most disgusting. 
for Have you been in there? Like just, yes. Yeah, we lived there for a while. It was like on stilts. I can't even, I wish I could, you know what? I could try and get you a picture of this place. I would love to see the it's, crack shack. I mean, it's just like it falling apart. It's like sticks of a house on stilts and like, cause like it was on small hill, right? So everything's like, mm-hmm. it's not very livable up there to be honest. And like, I mean, it was just horrendous. And I think about now and I show like my boyfriend now that when we drove there through there for the first time and he sees this house that we were living in, he's just like, what are you talking about? You know, like it doesn't look habitable and it really wasn't. <laughs> I was just curious when you said at 17, you were living alone. What, where were you living for that period? So, um, I was, so I moved out of my dad's and I moved in with a friend for a little less than a year, I'd say. So, um, it just got bad between my, my father and I, because he felt like, um, I don't know, like both my parents always kind of felt like I was too much like the other parent and they, they were, they hated each other. Like they couldn't even have a conversation to be honest. Like it was always screaming matches, saying the most awful things to each other. So like they weren't even, they couldn't speak even to each other. And so, I mean, I bought attendance with both of them because I was so angry most of the time as, as a kid and as a teenager, especially, I was just like so over it, you know? And they both, yeah, like we just couldn't get along. I couldn't get along for a prolonged amount of time with either of them. So I moved in with a friend and I stayed with her and her boyfriend for, I don't know, like a little bit less than a year. And then like midway through my senior year, I just kind of left because it was uncomfortable for me there. Like I could tell that my friend's boyfriend didn't really want me there anymore. And I was being a burden. I just didn't have anywhere else to go. My friend was just offering to be there, but it wasn't his job to, you know, have a teenager in his house you know so I moved out um and I kind of was like living out of my car uh I mean I'd stay I'd sleep at my mom's everything I owned was in my car so it was kind of weird but yeah and at this point (laughs) she moved into the crack shack the crack shack yeah and her friend is her friend's crack shack and he was also an addict and so he's like hey I want you to keep selling drugs basically so um move into my crack shack (laughs) what was what was in the crack shack physically just a lot of drugs. Um, so no, I mean it was just like well before it wasn't even livable, so they had to make it livable, livable, you know. And then then that's when they started selling drugs out of it, basically. And that's when that's when shit really hit the fan. I mean, uh, the neighbors that were next right next to them were also like the t- this. Oh my god, everyone's like related in some way. So her neighbors were the biggest reason I would say that she eventually got busted. Like they were definitely probably like recording her, sending it to the police, and um, we came. Oh, come to find out, like my dad had a girlfriend for a while who was also like deeply you know, lived in this town with her whole life. And uh, she was like emailing the police about my mom. We came to find out years later, she was like marking on my mom to the cops uh, as well. Um, but these neighbors like really hated my mom. And they were like kind of the family that owned the, the one market in the town. So yeah, so they started like recording and sending stuff to the police about her. And so that's why she got busted, basically. So it had been going on for a while. Um, and then the reason the whole way that she ended up getting busted was that she had a friend. I mean, these are all her friends that she's known for forever, really. Um, and he, so this, this guy, his name was Tim. He got into some minor legal trouble and they're like, do you want to go to jail for a couple of months or do you want to narc out the town drug dealer? So he did three controlled buys on my mom. I actually distinctly remember the last one that he did on her. I mean, obviously we didn't know at the time, but we sat down and we were talking in the living room. This is somebody I knew. And he was wearing a wire. I don't think that he was wearing a wire. I don't think he even had to wear a wire. Basically, the cops had to be, he had to meet up with the cops before and after. They gave him money. He got the drugs and brought him the drugs, brought the, them the drugs. And uh, that's all that it was. I mean, it, they just have to do it three times. And so he's, and you know, you know what's crazy is he's still out and doing that to other people in the town. It's like, they don't believe my mom or something. It's crazy. But yeah, so, I mean, if you want me to take you through the actual, like, 
you yeah, know, please. when they raided her house. So were you there? No, my little brother was there. Ugh. He was like five. It was awful. Um, he can't even talk about it still to this day. Um, so I, when I was 18, I moved to Eugene, Oregon, and I was going to go to college there. That didn't end up uh, happening, which honestly was a good thing because if I was enrolled in school and my mom got busted, it would have just been chaos. I don't know how I would have, it just would have created a lot more issues. And so we lived in Eugene for a while. My boyfriend and I at the time, and then, um, moved to the Dallas, Oregon, um, because I was like, it, it wasn't working out really. Eugene, I didn't go to school. That's the reason we were there. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then one day I am just driving around doing errands with my boyfriend and I get a call from my dad and he says, your mom just got busted. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, like the cops just broke into your mom's house and, and fucking busted her. She, and she, she went to jail. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I couldn't fathom it. I didn't think it would ever happen. And it was just so crazy to me that it was happening. So basically, what had happened was, um, this was in the middle of winter, my mom's pipes were all frozen shut because that house was a piece of shit. No one running water at the moment, uh, and that's an important detail because she couldn't have done anything with the drugs, like she couldn't have flushed them or <laughs> done anything, you know? I mean, the house was just in disarray and it was disgusting, and anyway, so the cops all come in a line down the hill and you can see them because it's like, and they just go straight to my mom's house and my sister's in school. We're thing and my little brother is just sitting on the couch watching tv he's five years old um and the cops just bust in the house and basically not drag my mom out in handcuffs but take her out i mean you know and she's just telling my little brother like it's okay it's okay and he can't even look at her he's just so like distraught he doesn't know what's happening um and then they the cops took my brother and went to the school and told pulled my sister out of school um and basically gave them to my dad so I mean that's a very traumatic experience for my brother and I've tried to talk to him about it before but he shuts down so yeah, yeah just well. very embarrassing too for my sister who is still in school you know it's not like everybody everybody knows what's going on it gets around very quickly I graduated with 25 kids in the high school my sister was in probably in middle school or I don't even know if she was in middle school this time yeah middle school I mean cop comes to the school and this was a public school yeah, it's just so tiny. It's just so tiny that, like, there's only 25 kids in the whole high school. I know. It, like, <laughs> sounds like a private school, but it's actually public. <laughs> I know. It's crazy whenever I tell anybody that. They don't believe me. So did you come home, or what happened to your mom after that? What happened with you through that? So I, yeah, I drove home to my, well, my hometown, which was, like, at that point, I was, like, living, like, an hour away. So it was, mm -hmm. well, 45 minutes. And so I drove home. I drove there, and I was, like, I mean, distraught. I, you know, it doesn't feel real. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the future holds. And they, like, locked... The cops locked our dog, that my sibling's dog, in the house. Like, we couldn't get into the house. We had to break into the house to get our, the dog out. And I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, it's a good thing they didn't, like, try to kill him or something, right? Because he's, like, he's a big dog. <laughs> it's kind of scary, scary looking. Um, I break into the house to get, get him out of there, and... I don't know. It was just so crazy. I, I got, I went to the house and it was just in disarray. It was like, it was so bad. I mean, you couldn't even walk on the floor. That's how much it got tore up. Weirdly enough, they like left drugs, like some drugs and didn't like, I don't know if they didn't realize or they just didn't want anything to do with it or what, but, but, um, and then my mom's other tweaker friend came and like heard the news and was also a big part of her dealing. Just take some. She's like, Oh, I'll, you know, I'll take these off. My Free drugs. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, 
<laughs> like, yeah, take some and I'll get rid of these for you. Don't worry about, you know, whatever. I mean, obviously, I didn't want them, so I was like, yes, please get rid of them. But, um, yeah. But yeah, and then, I mean, the aftermath was just like trying to figure out what was next. I mean, none of, I never knew anybody that was in jail in my life, you know. So she was like at the county jail for, I don't know, maybe a few months before she got sentenced and sent up to like uh, the top of Washington. I can't even remember the name of the town. <laughs> How long did she go to, was it prison? At that point? Yeah. So they, it's so hard to explain, but the police system there is pretty just ridiculous. And there's like this new, yeah. I mean, there's like this new sheriff in town and they, it's just so white trash, honestly. Like they posted like these huge banners everywhere. It's like, this is Bob warning to you. If you do drugs and click, I mean, these are posted everywhere. It just looks so bad. If you do drugs, get out now or or else, basically, kind of like just the most. I should probably try to find a picture of that, those signs for you, too, just so you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Um, so they wanted to make an example out of her. And uh, mind you, like my mom had never had like a real uh, criminal offense before. Like one time she got arrested for uh, like a domestic dispute between her and my father. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had no like record, really. Yeah. Uh, and they so they illegally sentenced her to 10 years with no time off, meaning like she couldn't uh, like earn good time, you know, good mm-hmm. behavior time where they reduced your sentence. Um, and because she was uh, it's school zone enhancements, because I mean, everybody in the town is basically within the school zone by so many, you know, they have mm. school zone enhancements. Like if you're dealing within so many feet of the school, of the school. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they really get you there. Um, but I mean, everybody lives within that many feet basically from the school. It's just how it is there. Um, I mean, and she was pretty close to the school. And so they, yeah, and then so they sentenced her, and I couldn't believe it. Like, I really thought my mom was going to be in prison for 10 years. Um, but they, like I said, they kind of wanted to make an example out of her. Like, this is what happens if you sell drugs in our in our county. Um, no mercy, no, no programs to help anybody be sober or get better, basically. It's just like, screw you, you know. And so she gets sentenced, and then they come to find out when she got up there that the way they sentenced her was not legal and it was completely incorrect and so they had to send her back to get resentenced and they were like you can't say that not someone doesn't earn good time off and i forget what else was wrong with the sentence who figured that out was this a good lawyer that she was able to get or just like the no state? what a joke her lawyer was i mean he's over there joking around with the prosecutor the entire time sure. i mean they didn't care about her so who who, who kind of saved the day on that end well the the, the prison system that she was oh. sentenced and sent up to was like this is incorrect you know and and my mom, oh, and then another, this is another thing. So, like, the whole time I was in high school, uh, that guy that got my mom selling drugs in the first place, uh, he went to prison for some other thing. This whole time my mom's, I mean, he's in prison. My mom's, like, selling more drugs to pay for money on his books and drive all the way down to Salem, Oregon just to visit him and, uh, you know, just hold him down, basically, and take care of him while he's in prison. And then as soon as she gets sentenced to prison, she... He steals all her shit, sells it. I mean, I don't have anything of my mom's from before, and neither does she besides her wedding ring. I mean, pictures. We, we've somehow recovered pictures and and all of that. But, um, but yeah, just like a really shitty situation. Yeah, he turned on her, the OG tweaker. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I always told her, I was like, if you think if he doesn't even care enough to raise his own kids or give a shit about his kids, if he's going to care about you, I mean, you're just crazy. It's just not realistic. Um, but, yeah, so back to her prison sentencing. So she was up, I think she served like four to five, four and a half to five years ended up serving that much time but she would have gotten less she would have been there for like two years max i think had she just taken the plea deal but i mean he was in her ear telling her that you know oh you just go to trial uh 
you know, you'll be fine. No, bad idea. <laughs> Very bad idea. When she was taken to prison, I mean, she must have had the hardest detox. Because it's not like you're going to rehab. It's you're going to prison and you can't do drugs all of a sudden. So, you know, weirdly enough, meth is actually pretty easy to detox off of. You just sleep a lot. You sleep for like two weeks, basically. And that's that's the detox. It's not that hard. It's not like opiates where your body hurts and you um, want to die. <laughs> you know, meth is just like you sleep a lot. But it's not as bad. And it sounds crazy, but... <laughs> Did she um was she, did she get drugs in prison? I know that that no. happens a lot. So she stayed clean through her sentence. Yeah. So the thing about it that was really sad is like my mom wasn't enjoying getting high anymore, and she hadn't been for a very long time. She was just so. I mean, she'd been on drugs since she was sixteen. Yeah, she it was just maintaining. Way. She was just maintaining. Um, and so when she got busted and actually went to prison, she was done, and she's been done from then then on out. Um, she says she doesn't have a desire anymore. It's just like you were like, she was living in a situation that it was like just all she knew basically. And, you know, she was so tired of it for so long and living like that, that when she, now she's had the opportunity to get sober and, and live somewhere else that she's, you know, she's not on drugs anymore. She's really transformed into a person that. Do you have a relationship with her now? Yeah. I mean, we're close and, you know, we're pretty close throughout all of this for the most part. And, you know, it was so weird because when she went to prison, it was like, devastating at first to me but then it's almost like I appreciated it and I know that sounds really bad I was gonna say I was gonna ask you that next I was like when you were talking about your dad's girlfriend that she had essentially snitched and how painful it is to watch your mom go to prison was there any level of relief that it it was finally gonna come to it was a lot of level of relief it was anger and to be honest it was like sadness at first it's kind of like you know the stages of grief but for the most part all of a sudden I was not so stressed out anymore about what was going on i mean we could do a whole nother episode on the situations i've been in just with the tweakers around you know my whole life just mm-hmm. it was just like very stressful i was very angry i was like a very angry kid you know and all of a sudden it's like she's gone i know where she's at she's in a controlled environment i know my siblings are fine i mean they're sad and they don't have a mom and it's so unfair but I mean, I, she's safe. She's not doing drugs. She's not, you know, I don't think she's going to die. Like, so yeah, it was like relieving. And then it was like almost like a numbness. Like I didn't even want to go visit her. Not that I was, I mean, I had anger, but it's like, it was almost just like, I need a break from all of this. You know, I you went periodically. Break. Yeah. But I could have definitely gone and seen her more, but it just like, I just couldn't even do it anymore in a lot of ways. And I feel bad about that. But, um, I just needed a break. Did, was your dad ever using, or he was pretty sober through it all? When they were younger, they would party together, but um, no, my dad's like addiction. He doesn't really have an addiction issue, you know? Yeah. It's just crazy. Some people just don't have an addiction issue. They can do drugs and then stop. Or, you know, like I know people who can like party casually with any drugs, really, and then and they're fine. It's not a priority in their life. It's, you know, it's kind of like a very taboo subject, but... Yeah. It is reality for a lot of people. Um, and he, I mean, when he was younger, they, he would party, but, you know, it just wasn't the lifestyle that he wanted to live. And, he, you know, he doesn't have substance abuse issues. Yeah. I mean, so. I feel like there is a stereotype here that for you, like a kid who grew up the way you grew up in the setting with the drugs, with your mom like that, you do either go one of two ways. You either become that or you do the opposite. And I take it from this call, you're doing the opposite. But how did you navigate not falling into that 
Um, so it's funny that you say that because, I mean, I've gotten straight up, people are so bold in these small towns, you know, like, because they think they do know everything about you they, from what they've, you know, come to hear and see. I mean, I've had people just sort of be like, why aren't you a tweak or two? Or just like, you know, just really insensitive things or like, um, when I've always been like heavy set my entire life. And then when I moved out of this town and started having like a different life, I lost some weight and I went back to my hometown and I mean, I had people like, oh my God, you look great. Are you in meth? It's not meth. Is it just like straight up to my face? Like just no, no shame. Just so rude and, you know, ignorant, but I don't know. I just don't have an answer to that really. That's like solid. I just, um, I don't have addiction issues with substances at all. And I just think that sometimes the cycle has to stop somewhere. And I guess I'm trying to be that, that, that stop, right. You know, and I, I worry for my siblings and because everybody does handle it so differently. I don't know what their future holds. I don't know if they'll have substance abuse issues. It's one of my biggest fears, yeah. you know, because I'm close with them. Yeah. I just really hope not. But this is like a long line of this. My family suffers from this on both sides. And if that means I don't have kids, that means I don't have kids. I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's got to stop somehow. I feel that's how I feel about it. Are you studying psychology? Are you trying, like, do you want to become a psychologist? Like, where did you get this amazing, you know, psych no. intuitiveness to yourself? without that being shown i don't have like a college education at all um you're very smart well thank you i don't know i've always been more mature for my age i've always been told that um and i think it's just because i kind of had to be when i was a kid but i don't know like i was my parents reason for many like i was their reasoning for a lot of different things like my whole life and i just have the sense of maturity i guess since i was younger and um, but I don't have an answer for these questions. Like I, I have people ask me that a lot, but it's just like, I wish I could tell people like, cause I, whenever I do, you know, talk about my situation, people are always like, you know, you seem so much older. How are you not a tweaker <laughs> or just like, you know, the typical questions like that. But I don't know. I just always had a different outlook, I guess, than a lot of people. Are you in therapy? I'm not. Um, I want to be really badly. Uh, cause I definitely, I'm not, I didn't come out of this unscathed. I'll say that, you know, um, yeah. I have a lot of like anxiety issues um, and I get kind of controlling about certain things. Um, I mean, I don't know the, the full extent of it even. I'm still kind of di- diagnosing myself all the time like people tend to do. But I was going to say the fact that you're so aware of that, though, says so much like that you want yeah. that for yourself. Yeah, like I have. I mean, I do have issues. I have I have anxiety really badly. I have depression sometimes. I go through bouts of depression. And, like, I've definitely come to realize, like, that I am kind of controlling about some things, but it's just, like, how I've dealt with things, right? Yeah, give yourself a break. You had to survive. <laughs> Those were your uh, tools but, to survive. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, no, I'm not in therapy. I would really like to be in therapy, but it's just hard to, like, I've tried, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. There was, like, issues with my insurance or finding a provider out here is actually really hard. I've discovered, like, I was trying to find somebody who's taking you new clients and it's just been like really difficult for me to find somebody who um I can even talk to I don't know so mm. I, it's something that I still do want to work in because I think I should invest in myself and my healing um but I haven't gotten there yet <laughs> I think you're such a badass I really do thank you <laughs> that's sweet thank you <laughs> well so tell me how do you get out of this town how do you end up is are you still with the same boyfriend you were referring to earlier no but Weirdly enough, he's my best friend in the world, and uh, he's the first boyfriend. boyfriend. My current, yeah, my current boyfriend oh my too. God, so they're all, yeah. Well, we just yeah. grew up together, right? So yeah. it was just natural to me that I didn't want to 
not be friends with them in, anymore. But um, yeah, so how did I do out of this town? So I had a lot of exposure, um, unlike a lot of kids from this town, um, of what it was like to not be in a shitty little, um, you know, nowhere town. So because I had family in California mm. that I would visit once a year, and I had family down in Eugene who I adored. Um, so I was always like been kind of a city person at heart. Um, so naturally, when I was old enough to get the hell out of there I was so eager to do so um I just and Eugene was like I love Eugene I would like to move back to Eugene eventually probably um but that was just easiest for me right because my plan was originally just to go to college um and then when that didn't work out I moved back to kind of the smaller side of things and then eventually to, to Portland Vancouver um so I mean the biggest city I could possibly be in that's nearest my family um oh. and my dad for the life of him can't understand why I want to live the city life but I mean when you grow up there my sister desperate she's going to graduate next year and she's also desperate to just get out of there I think my brother will stick around he seems like he likes to kind of be in that such that uh you know they like their guns and their their motorcycles and their yeah just to like wrap up where is everyone now not physically but how is everyone connected are your parents still not talking or you know are you close with your siblings (laughs) So not to be like a total sap, but honestly, it kind of has a beautiful ending. Um, I never thought we'd be there, but things are definitely not perfect. Um, but things are good. Like my parents have grown up a lot. My dad still lives in the same town and my siblings are still there going to school. Uh, but the family is healing. So my mom lives in Vancouver, Washington. So we're, she's close. Um, she's sober. She's like a manager at a, a, a store in the in a seafood and meat uh, department and um, not like dream work but you know she pays her bills and she has her own apartment and she's sober and she's healing and I don't know it's just crazy because I never saw this outcome you know growing up because I, I just never thought things would be good or okay but you know things are good and I they they speak and they're friends now and we do family events together and it's just so crazy to even think about that like we're here from where we started because I mean is it the sobriety that really was the door opener for all of that yeah definitely I think um my dad just loves my mom and my mom just loves my dad and they can't be together because they're not good for each other but um now that my mom's sober and you know not exposing the kids to like terrible things or just you know working on herself and being a real person like he just wants the best for her and he was more than happy to have my mom in their lives again so I mean it's just ever since she's gotten out it's just been really kind of in a way beautiful to see that they can be in each other's lives again and yeah I mean we we have they have they we all have sleepovers or just it's just crazy it's just so I can't believe it to see where we started to where we've come is just so healing you know yeah is there anything that you know, you thought you'd talk about today that you want to add or anything, that, you know, just because I don't know your story inside and out. So anything that. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's people. still so much more we could dive into. But I guess the the thing that I want to say at the end of this is that um, it's really easy to judge people um, and have opinions about, you know, their addictions or just the way that they live their life or their parents. Like I always got judged as a kid because of my parents. But like, you know, you have no idea what people are really going through um at home and how much you know their parents are saying please don't tell anyone (laughs) um 
So just give people some grace and, and believe that they can change because I never thought I'd see the day where, you know, like my family's healed and my mom's a sober person who, you know, is like a, a good mom. And here we are this many years later and, you know, that's come true. So I would just say that, like, give people time to change and believe that they can. When you were in your high school days and that's such a small environment, were you bullied? Oh, no. So weird. I know. It's such a weird thing to think about because I think about the dynamics. Well, I, I asked that because of what you just said. I was like, were, were people oh, misjudging you? So parents did, for sure. Yeah. Like, okay. I could tell that, like, um, there were definitely instances where, like, certain parents didn't want. I, I was having, like, a little Super Bowl party, you know, at our house. I mean, it's not like anything was going to happen. Uh, but, like, certain parents didn't want their kid to be able to come over and hang out with me because of, you know, my, my mom, basically. And... Um, and people still have opinions about me in that small town, you know, for sure. Like, and there's people I don't get along with because of it or just the way that they've contributed to my mom's, uh, life deteriorating. It's hard to look at people like that now, you know, and think that they considered themselves a friend to her or my siblings or cared about my siblings. And that's just like, I just want to punch them. It's just like, get real. Um, but no, I wasn't bullied in high school. I was actually prom queen and always class president and, or not homecoming queen. Sorry, stupid. <laughs> it's like it matters, but okay. um, no one's gonna. But like, check. but like, I don't know. I just, despite all of this, I was still very like present in my school, and um, I had good friends and all that. Yeah, even though everybody knew what was going on for the most part, like I, this, the school didn't really judge me, uh, so that was good. But, uh, but yeah, no, I wasn't bullied or anything. There's not like a whole lot of bullying going on in that school system that I noticed. Like, and if there ever was like someone picking on another kid, I would just be like, bro, stop. Like, this yeah. is so small that I almost feel yeah. like you guys had each other in check. We're basically siblings, like just be nice to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. But you, you mentioned earlier, just to go back for a second, you mentioned earlier, like you were like, there are so many crazy situations I was in with the tweakers. Can you just give us one story or anecdote? I mean, one time I freaking broke into somebody's house with my mom because they stole her Wi-Fi. <laughs> I tweaker activities. That's what we always say, like in my hometown. But, um, so my mom was like living in that trailer, like I told you, um, and she had like no running water or like electricity was spotty because I mean, she, like an extension cord, like, so she had like a Wi-Fi uh, extender thing and some tweakers stole it off of her trailer. So then I'm pissed because I can't even check in on my mom or my siblings and how they're doing and they're, you know, it's just always been not a good situation. Um, and so my mom knows where, who it is that stole her fucking Wi-Fi router. And so we go in there and I'm just like, so like I said, I was very angry back in these days about just my circumstance. So we just like busted into the house and, and she, my mom goes running upstairs, <laughs> steals it back. And the, the tweaker girl's just like screaming at us, but she won't come near us because she knows that we're ready to fight. And like, I mean, that was just like one situation. So, I mean, I was like breaking into somebody's house. Up. And I think back now, I'm just like, oh my God, just madness. Like, what the hell was that? You know? Yeah, just chaos. <laughs> yeah, literal chaos. <laughs> oh my god okay well um my final question mm -hmm. is well it's usually where the go-to spot to eat and mm -hmm. i don't know whether well i guess we're not talking about your town so where will you tell us your favorite go-to spot where you are now or in portland or any of these places portland i've got i was okay. prepared for this question because I, right. I obviously listen to the podcast mm -hmm. so i got it has a weird spelling so give me just a second i gotta find it um, but basically, it's like this Hawaiian-Filipino um, fusion 
place in Portland and they're just known for like their ridiculously large like portions that they just like um and they're everything's so good basically so like they'll give you like this big to-go box and they can't even close it they just rubber band it and the food is so good and they're like small town they're like small family business I really recommend it's called grind with tries and I'll spell it out so it's grind w-i-t-t-r-y-z uh, you have to go on their Instagram, type that in, and look at their menu because okay. it changes daily. I mean, they're they're great. What's your go-to order? So they have these things called spicy bombs. And so basically, it's like inari stuffed with sushi rice topped with, like, uh, spicy poke. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one of them. They have, like, lechon, which is, like, a pork belly dish bomb. Um, they just do, like, the most crazy wild dishes. And they're such good people, it seems like. So I really recommend going and checking them. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone.